to begin by reading from from Isaiah. Um, I've already heard some great words from Isaiah, and uh, some people call Isaiah the the fifth gospel, the fifth gospel. Um, and I, I get that, I really do. And this is a passage which, whenever I read it or, or hear it, you know, this actually comes in Handel's Messiah. If you know that amazing work, um, sort of a hairs on the back of my neck start going prickly. So Isaiah 40, and I'm going to read the whole thing, 11, 11 verses. So. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, her Iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand pardon, double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough ground a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. A voice cries, cry. What shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all its beauty like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Go up onto a high mountain. O Zion, herald of good news, lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, bearer of good tidings, lift up, fear not, say to the cities of Judah, behold your God, behold the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him, behold his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those with young. (laughs) Don't know what I can add really, but um, I've been told I've got to preach, so I will. What has God done? Is there a slide that says that? Stick it up, please. Great. Well, Isaiah says that the main thing God has done is actually spoken. (laughs) Strange to say, but this is word, speech, that makes things happen. And this works. You're going to get the next slide. And, no, there should be another one. 
There, that's it. And if you, if you don't remember anything else in the next 15 minutes, I hope this lands. Because what the Word of God does, has done, does now and will do, is afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. That's what the Word does in Isaiah. Afflicts the comfortable and comforts the afflicted. Okay, you might want to say, if we're being a little bit gentler, rather than afflict the comfortable, it challenges the comfortable. But we must never forget also the comfort of that word for the afflicted. So in, in Isaiah 40, um, we're sort of moving on a bit in the book, and the main thing that happens is that God has started speaking again. And what he has to say is good news. It's gospel. And what he says is this, at this point in the book, that he's more sorry than he could say for what's happened, for the way things ended last time he spoke. It's time, he says, to let bygones be bygones. And he's come to do some prison visiting. And he's bringing with him a get-out-of-jail-free card. And this is all wrapped up in this verse from Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem. And proclaim to her that her struggle is over and her guilt is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand full measure for all her sins. Slightly different translation from the one I read. But both are possible, actually. So it's all over. The, the heartache for the moment is over. Now, in the original Hebrew, this, this word comfort, um, it's, it's incredibly gentle and warm. In, in Hebrew, it's nachamu. Nachamu. Now, what they suggest it's quite rich. It's very rich indeed. Dry your tears, they suggest. And even, I'm so sorry. What comes next is even better. Comfort, comfort. My people, says your God. You are my people, he says. And I am your God. And that's not how things ended. Back in the day, the last time his people and he were on speaking terms. Here's what the prophet Hosea had to say about uh, 160 years beforehand, the time when Isaiah began his prophetic ministry in Jerusalem. Uh, Hosea is married to a, a lady with some really difficult character traits, let's put it that way. Um, when she, Hosea's wife, Gomer, had weaned no mercy, their first child, she conceived and bore a second son. And the Lord said, call this one not my people. 
For you are not my people, and I am not your God. Let's get our heads around that one. Israel is not God's people. He's, he's not their God. But God, come on, this is ridiculous. You know, surely Israel is special to God. Didn't he bring them out of Egypt? Didn't he rescue them from their sins? Uh-huh. Well, according to Amos, another prophet active around the same time, Israel wasn't that special. Are you not like the Ethiopians to me? O people of Israel, declares the Lord. Did I not bring Israel up from the land of Egypt? And the Philistines from Kaftor? And the Syrians from Kir? The Philistines and the Syrians, the great enemies of Israel. Huh? Yeah. God had his hand on them as well, friends. You're not that special. Well, why, why did God, speaking through his servants, the prophets, say that he and Israel were through? Well, for many years, Israel lived in the land God had brought them up into. It had been great, comfortable even, good living. And they had turned away from God and his ways. They'd served other gods. And they had dealt harshly and unjustly with the poor. What could God do? I mean, <laughs> they weren't speaking to him. So he said, okay, if that's what you want. Carry on, boys and girls. He'd left them in their sins. And their sins had found them out. The soldiers, the army, the strongholds they thought would keep them safe had fallen. In the end, the capital, Jerusalem, fell, 587 B.C., for the pub quiz, the Sionados among you. And the survivors had been carried off to exile. To the great city of Babylon, whose army had destroyed Jerusalem in a special military operation. <laughs> and now there they were, weeping round the rivers of Babylon, remembering Zion. Some of the elder members of the congregation know a song about this, don't we, children? <laughs> By the rivers of Babylon. Oh, here you are, the picture. And you know what? God couldn't bear to see them like this. Remember his word. Afflicts the comfortable, but comforts the afflicted. So now, he had to speak kindly to them. Well, actually to Jerusalem, if you remember, which is a pile of rubble at this point. But he speaks to it as if it were a flourishing city, because it will be again, because of his word. 
but it needs people. <laughs> and they are in bondage on the rivers of Babylon, crying. He has to get them back. And he has a plan to do just that. A voice cries in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. And what is this way? Well, through the middle of Babylon, the great city was a great ceremonial way. There it is, artist recreation, not a photograph. And what happened was at the time of the festivals, they got the idols of Babylon's god, of, of Marduk and Ishtar and Shamash and Nebo, and they processed them through cheering crowds to the Esagila, the great temple of Marduk in the center of the city. For God's people, it would have been so easy to have said, okay, let's give away. Yeah, let's, let's join in. Let's join these cheering crowds. Great time. But that way was the way of lies. It led to nothing but death. For Babylon too is to fall, never to rise again. The Lord's highway is through the desert. A hard way. But it goes home. It's the road to life. And yet worn down by their trauma and affliction, the people just haven't got the strength to get up and follow it. Go back home through the desert? No way. Because that's what people are. The, the grass withers, the flower fades. Surely the people are grass. Surely we are grass. We have no strength. We don't have to rely on ourselves. Weak as we are, the eternal word of God will comfort us so we can get home. And so it was with the people of Israel. The grass, grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. All they have to do is listen for that word. God is on the move. The prison bars are going to break. A new ruler is going to come to Babylon, Cyrus, and he's going to let them go. God is speaking in history, shaping the plans of an earthly ruler who didn't even know them, didn't even know God himself, but God used him. And after lots of ups and downs, they went home, and Jerusalem rose again. Well, what happened next? I'm afraid, same old, same old. Same old sins of injustice started up again. The people had got comfortable again. And we are in no position to judge them, of course. We have our moments when we're faithful, do what God says, and then we just stop listening, don't we? We get comfortable and our sins find us out. So it was for God's people, pretty soon they were afflicted again. This time it was the latest superpower, they come and go, Rome. 
What could God do to comfort them? They'd stop listening. His prophets weren't listened to, so he decided to come himself. He comes with might, and his arm rules for him to care for his people like a shepherd. He came as a man, Jesus of Nazareth. This is a photograph, by the way. <laughs> Just joking. And in his teaching, Jesus challenged the comfortable. In miraculous works of power, he healed and comforted the afflicted. The way he followed and called others to follow is the way home to life. But it's not an easy way. For him it led to this. But that cross of Jesus opens up the way. Now, when I'm comfortable, God forgive me, this is just dumb talk, you know. I hear it, but it just goes in one ear and out the other. But for the sorrowful and the afflicted, this is the word of life and comfort. And this morning, Jesus, the living word, of God is with us. He comes in his spirit with power to challenge, perhaps even to afflict the comfortable, but also to comfort the afflicted. Have we become so happy in the way things are, we have forgotten the way God, God wants things to be? Is our comfort built on the discomfort, the affliction of others? Are we on the way of the cross? or on the way that leads to death. Sisters and brothers, if you come today with a broken heart, if you wake in the night crying out and there seems to be no answer, if shame and guilt just fill your life. Jesus, the living word, is here. Cast your sins and your shame and your guilt on him. And he will bear them. 
We're going to celebrate communion in a moment. And we're going to break bread like he was broken. And because he was broken, we can be made whole. But yes, also if we come comfortable, complacent, then there is a challenge in the broken bread. Challenge to return to the way of the cross, to be made whole as we turn from our sins to the living God and help others to find wholeness.